G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation to Visionathon today at vision.org.au. Today with Jeff Vines, author, pastor, apologist and Bible teacher with a straight-talking message from the Word. Now that Gideon's faith has been built, God says go and do what I tell you to do. God will often require us to do what seems to be unreasonable. Today with Jeff Vines. Welcome to Today with Jeff Vines. I'm Bill. Thanks for joining me. Pastor Jeff today will continue a message about the life and actions of Gideon in the book of Judges. The whole series is called Wildlife, and it's about what we can learn from Gideon as recorded in the scriptures about living in closer connection with God. So let's get into it now. You can follow along in your Bibles from the book of Judges, chapter 6 to 8. This is Today with Jeff Vines. I've mentioned before, one of the things I did when I was younger is run marathons. I'll never do it again. But I used to try to run marathons. And there is a time at running a marathon around the 21-mile marker, and it's different for everyone, that I would hit a wall. And those last miles, those last five miles, seemed to be uh, impossible to complete. And I learned a lesson from my father-in-law. He said, when you get to that point where you've hit the wall, don't think about how far you still have to go. Just pick a point about 50 yards in front of you and run there. Accomplish that and then pick another point 50 yards ahead and run there. And try to complete the marathon in 50-yard increments. Something that happens in your mind will enable you then to make the journey. When God asks you to do something that's very difficult, most of us try to go to the end and think, how on earth am I gonna get there? And the answer is, by 24-hour increments. Do what is right each day and eventually, little by little, we'll make a bundle and this extraordinary victory will become yours. Now, there's another side to this. You know, it's interesting. I am, uh, I'm somewhat surprised that one of the most popular messages, uh, according to the people in Australia through our media, is a message I did entitled, Why Don't I Feel My Faith? And a popular line in that message is that we have lost our ability to feel God because we've lost our willingness to obey Him. Now, there's a great lesson to learn here. When you hear the Word of God, no matter how difficult it is, if you want to live the wild life, you obey it, trust Him for the outcomes, but realize as well, you will never feel the presence of God quite like the time you will feel it when you've obeyed God in a hard area of living. One of my favorite proof texts of this is Exodus 3, when Moses goes to God and says, God, I don't, I, how do I know you're gonna be with me? You've asked me to deliver the people out of the promised land. How do I know you're gonna really be with me? And God's answer in Exodus 3:12 is this. God said, I will be with you. This will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. Now listen to the sign. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. 
You hear what God is saying? Moses, you want a sign? I'll give you a sign. After I've helped you through this, after I've coached you through this wilderness, after I've brought the people out of Egypt into the promised land, here's your sign. You're gonna stand on the mountain and worship me. You're gonna look back at all my great works, the miraculous I have performed, the miraculous events I have performed, and you will worship me on the mountain. You want proof? Here's the proof. If you do what I ask you to do, you will experience me in a way you've never experienced me before. Let me say it again, write it down somewhere. With the call of God comes the presence of God to give you the power and the wisdom of God for the greatest victories of your life. With the call of God comes the presence of God to give you the power and the wisdom of God for the greatest victories of your life. Gideon heard the word of the Lord. Gideon said, okay, it's a four to one odd. I got 32,000 men against 135,000, but okay, God, I've got too many. And so everybody raise your hand that's afraid. He sends them home. He's left with 10,000. 10,000 men against 135,000. If, if those are the exact numbers, then the odds would have gone from four to one to 13 to one. But you know what God says now? Verse four, the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. It's an amazing story. I'm surprised Gideon in his flesh didn't kind of lose it and say, God, what are you? I'm down to 13 to one. They're well-trained warriors. We are farmers how can, how can we have too many men? God said, you have too many men. Gideon said, okay, what next? And he says, I want you to take them down to the spring of Aaron. And I want every man to take a drink. So remember, he's got 10,000 men he's got to watch. I want you to watch how everyone drinks at the spring. Now I've got a little spring behind me, so you can imagine a larger spring. And he said, if someone kneels down on both their knees and laps the water as a dog would drink out of a spring, you watch them. And there will be others who bend down on one knee with one hand on their sword and they will lap the water into their mouth with their hands. He said, everyone that gets down on all fours and laps water like a dog, send them home. And everyone who laps the water into their mouth with their hand, those are the men I'm gonna use to deliver Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Now here's what's happening. If you know the story, 9,700 men of the 10,000 left got down on their hands and knees and lapped water like a dog. And God said, send them home. 300 men. Now, if there's exactly 300 Israelites and 135,000 Midianites, that's better than a 450 to one odd. And we're talking about hand-to-hand combat here. So 450 could run upon one and just clobber him to death. And so God says to Gideon with these 300 men, I will deliver Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Now, what's happening here? Well, as we looked at the narrative, we, we learned that the spring of Haran was just adjacent to the enemy camp. So this was a test that God was giving the Israelite army. If you got down all, on all fours on your hands and knees and you drank water like a dog would drink water from a stream, that means to do so, you would have to take your eye off the enemy to get your own physical need met. But if you got down on one knee and you put one hand on the sword and you took the water from the stream in your hand to your mouth, that meant you were able to meet your need while at the same time not taking your eye off the enemy. Now here's the point. God wants to know how many of us are serious about the battle that we face. There are plenty of people who are not serious about the battle. Even though the battle belongs to God, even though the victory rests with Him, He wants you in the battle only if you're serious about what is taking place. Only if you are more interested on accomplishing his purposes in your life than getting your own physical need met. This is such a crucial thing. Every single day of our lives is a life, a chance at life and living to glorify God, to deny ourselves 
in order that we may win a greater victory. But we have to understand there are plenty of people in the battle that are not serious about it. When self-denial is on the table, man, we run, we bolt. So the question comes, you wanna live the wild life, one of the questions you have to ask is, what sacrifices are you making in your life for the greater good? What are you giving up that you love for something that you love even more? Because if you do that, there will be disciplines associated with your life. But there's something else here in this text. Do you realize that our response to seemingly insignificant tests will often be the determining factor of what God will ultimately do in our lives? This little test of going down to a spring and watching the way that you drink water reveals your heart, reveals what you're really about. And so God is watching the, the miniature details of our lives because our response to seemingly insignificant tests will often be the determining factor of what God will do in our lives. You know, one of, the, one of my favorite philosophical conundrums is the statement that says, if a tree falls in the forest, but there's no one there to hear it, does it still make a noise? Another one said, I read this week, said, if a tree falls in the forest and no one captures it on social media, does it even matter? <laughs> I thought that was cute. My very favorite one is, if a man speaks in a forest and his wife is not there to hear him, is he still wrong? I love this philosophical conundrum. But in response to the original question, if a tree falls in the forest, but there's no one there to hear it, does it still make a noise? One man has written these words. There once was a man who said, God may think it exceedingly odd if he finds that this tree continues to be when there's no one about in the quad. Dear sir, your astonishment's odd. I'm always about in the quad. And that's why this tree will continue to be since observed by yours faithfully, God. The point is God sees everything. Of course the tree makes a noise. There's always someone there. God, including the way we respond to every event of our lives. Now think about this for a moment. Stay with me. The way we respond to the seemingly insignificant test of our lives will determine or be the determining factor of what God will do in our lives and how he will use us for that extraordinary event. Somebody said to me once, well, what if I respond inappropriately? What if I respond poorly? Do I forfeit my chance to be used of God? The answer is no. Chuck Swindoll said, no, it, you just guarantee that you're going to stay in this particular test until you respond appropriately. God is preparing you for a major victory. You might say, so is that why this thing keeps happening in my life again and again? Because I haven't passed the test yet and I can't climb the next rung of the spiritual ladder to ultimately be used of God until I pass this test? And the answer is that's exactly why you keep facing this test again and again. And thank God he is patient, merciful, kind, but he's gonna cause you to remain in the test until you get it right. Whatever you do, don't allow yourself to become a pragmatic atheist whereby you live as though the events of your life are somehow accidental and that God is not doing a great work in you. So let's review quickly. One, God will use my difficulties to build my faith and he's gonna look for opportunities to do so. And two, God will often require us to do things that seem unreasonable. But once you hear the word of the Lord, it is important that you follow in obedience because had Gideon, we're gonna see this in the weeks to come, had Gideon disobeyed God at any point of God's command, he would have not received a victory. It would not have been the wild life. Now let's go back to what we said originally. Does that mean he would forfeit his chance to ever be used by God? No, he just wouldn't be used by God in this particular setting. But God never gives up on you. He's gonna continue to send these tests into your life until you respond appropriately, until he can trust you, until you know you can trust yourself to stand your ground and to do what is right, 
no matter how difficult it is, trusting God for the outcome. So here are two questions for you. Number one, in what area of your life are you disobeying the word of the Lord and expecting a victory? That's never gonna happen. Are you disobeying the word of the Lord in your relationships, in your job, in your finances, and yet you're expecting God to give you a victory? It's not gonna happen because God is not an enabler. Second, what does God ask you to do that seems unreasonable so you're refusing to obey it? My advice to you is that thing that seems unreasonable when you are certain through test of accountability and wisdom and the word of God and the building of the church, obey it because the greatest accomplishments of your life lie just on the other side of the most difficult commands of God in your life. Every day, you gotta wake up. Let's go back. You gotta wake up and you gotta think, okay, whatever happens to me today, number one, I know that God is looking for opportunities to build something special in me. How will this equip me? Is this a training session? How should I respond? And second, God may ask me to do something that seems unreasonable, but I'm gonna trust and obey because his ways are the ways that lead to ultimate victories. This is more than just theory. For us, if we want God to do something that is extraordinary, we, we, we gotta remember that our battle is not between us, sin, and God. We have to know that every day we wake up, that sin is crouching at the door. Now, we've used this example in the past. And there's a powerful passage in the book of Romans where the apostle Paul says, you know, when you start every day, you've got to start or begin every day with the idea that it's not you and sin against God, that it's you and God against this guy, sin. And the reason I've got Mr. Potato Heads here because our analogy is that sin is powerless unless you lend the members of your body to sin. That's what Paul says in Romans 6 powerless unless sin says to you, hey, can I have your eyes just for a moment? If you let me borrow your eyes just for a moment, then we'll do some cool things together. So you say yes to sin and then suddenly you look at things you shouldn't be looking at. You watch things you shouldn't watch. You think this small decision has no ultimate outcome on your life when in reality, every time you say yes to sin, it detracts ultimately from God's purposes in your life. Sin sometimes will say, let me have your mouth. Can I have your mouth? Because there are a few things I need to say. And so if you put your mouth on the body of sin, then you will say things that you should not say. You will gossip. There will be malicious slander. You will think it's just a small issue. But every time you say yes to sin, every time that you think it's you and sin against God, and rather than you and God who will give you the power to defeat sin, and you make those small decisions, every small decision ultimately detracts from the extraordinary wild life that you're capable of living. And sometimes what God asks you to do is gonna be hard. I, again, I said this is more than theory to me. You know, I think of two examples in my life right now and then I'll pray. Number one, I go back to my friend, Tony Bennett. You know, it's amazing how God is using him in the world of, of college basketball. Here you've got a, a coach that was the first, or coached the first team ever in the history of the NCAA tournament to lose to a 16th seed as a number one seed. And then he comes back the next year and wins the whole thing. In fact, we're still, because of COVID-19, Virginia is still the reigning NCAA basketball champions. But most people don't know that Tony's character was forged in the pit. He'd gone through a hard time, a, 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 a knee surgery that ended his NBA career. He came to Australia and New Zealand. That's where we met. He was going back into coaching because his father has paved the road for him. And yet Tony and Laura, his wife, hear the call of God to forego big salary, 
a big job in a major university and stay in New Zealand with Robin and me and help us start a church with minimal salary. I mean, they were living hand to mouth week to week. And yet he said that God clearly told him to pause at this phase in his life, that God was preparing, now listen, that God was preparing him for future incredible, extraordinary victories. And he stayed with us for three years, made almost no money. Literally, they didn't have anything. And yet he served God because he felt God was calling him in this time. And he felt the lessons that he would learn here would prepare him for the greatest victories of his life. And now those of us who are close to him are seeing that. How he humbled himself and said, okay, God, I don't know how I'm gonna make it, but I'm gonna obey you. This is difficult. This makes no sense. I never planned to be in ministry. I'm a basketball player. I'm a coach, but he honored God. And now God is honoring him. I think of my friend Clive Rahurui came to me about seven years ago and said, you know, God has told me to leave Australia, to move here with no job, to bring my family and my three children, because he says that you and I are gonna take the gospel to the world. Now I knew, I had known Clive, met Clive in, a, in a New Zealand in the late 90s. And suddenly he shows up in LA. Now remember, no job offer, no promise of anything. He shows up and says, I don't know how it's gonna work, but I just know God's told me to sell my company. Clive's a real entrepreneur. He's told me to sell my company and to by faith move to Los Angeles because I believe that we're gonna take the gospel to the world. Just this past week, I got a message from a pastor in Nepal who let me know that my sermons were being pirated in Nepal. That's the best news I've ever heard. That somebody's pirating our message, great. There's no charge for preaching of the gospel. These aren't mine, they belong to God. But there are literally millions who are hearing the good news of the gospel in isolated regions. Folks, we at One and All Church are changing the world, but it started way back when Robin and I obeyed the call to move to New Zealand, when Clive obeyed the call to come to a church on the North Shore, and then he obeyed the call to leave everything, hard call, to leave his, to leave his wealth, his house, everything he'd earned, to, to sell everything, to bring his family to Los Angeles without the promise of anything, living by faith. And if you talk to Clive today, he would tell you his story of where God provided a home, God provided a car, God provided every step of the way. It was hand to mouth in the beginning, but God has met all his needs in Christ Jesus because he obeyed the hard word of the Lord. And I'm telling you that your greatest victories are on the other side of obedience to some hard thing God has asked you to do. You live by those two principles. One, God will use the difficult, unfortunate circumstances of my life to build my faith and trust in Him. And two, God will often ask me to do something that seems to me to be unreasonable, but it's perfectly reasonable to Him because God is large and in charge and the victory rests. The battle is the Lord's. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for nature, this beautiful place, this beautiful backdrop. And I pray in Christ's name that our eyes would have been open to your power and your willingness to do amazing things in our lives if we will just obey and trust you for the outcomes. Open our eyes to the reality that every event in our life is a training ground and often a test that when we pass, we can move forward in faith and you will do extraordinary things. For those of us who are stuck in the same test, thank you for your grace and mercy. Give us the wisdom and power to pass this test, to move on, to the next extraordinary event, the wild life for which we are all seeking. I pray for my brothers and sisters that we would go from strength to strength. In Christ's name.
Thanks for joining us on Today with Jeff Vines. And that's the end of that particular message. But Pastor Jeff has more to come in the Wildlife series, more principles to learn from Gideon's life and actions. You gotta wake up and you gotta think, okay, whatever happens to me today, number one, I know that God is looking for opportunities to build something special in me. How will this equip me? Is this a training session? How should I respond? And second, God may ask me to do something that seems unreasonable, but I'm gonna trust and obey because His ways are the ways that lead to ultimate victories. Today with Jeff Vines. For more from Pastor Jeff, head to vision.org.au forward slash Jeff Vines. Today with Jeff Vines. Just another way vision is connecting faith to your life. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au. 